Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Oh, yeah. Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> well, I've been, you know, I was uh, waiting for our call to connect here. I've been, I've been holding that single note for about 45 seconds. Do we have some technical difficulties? Uh, well, I, I just I thought something broke there and you were maybe in pain so I wanted to make sure you're okay but it's a good well, way to start yeah well I am in a little bit of pain to be honest as I as I look across my three fantasy teams uh loss loss and loss not the way we wanted to finish the regular season but uh that's okay yeah not again I'm not thrilled with how uh you know my week 13 went either I'm hoping this is kind of a case where my team just kind of all crap the bed at the same time and get this out of the way before the playoffs but uh, it was an ugly week and uh I kind of bookmarked both ends of the season with win or with losses and I'm hoping that's the last time I feel this way for uh, another three weeks yeah it's always nice to finish the way you started right yeah I guess well <laughs> no not at all actually started at the bottom and now you're back at the bottom Oh well, um, you know what though we're uh, we're in the middle of another Tuesday night football game between the Ravens and the Cowboys, and once that game wraps up, barring some sort of um, you know meteor hitting the earth, we are officially going to be into the fantasy football playoffs. Yeah, and I I, I told you before we started, man, I've got this. It's basically my worst nightmare scenario. I mean, I don't. I've been ragging on Craig all year. He's had the season he's had. It looks like he's going to finish in the eight seed and I'm going to face him week one. And it just lines up for this storyline for him to, you know, upset the number one seed the first week after everybody kind of crapped on him. And I, and uh, I'm having a tough time shaking this. I, I think either he's going to have the biggest point total ever, or I'm going to have the lowest point total I've ever had. Either way. I'm, I think I'm in trouble this week. No way, buddy. You gotta, you gotta take a page out of my book and crush his spirit. Well, I'll see what I can do. I, you know, I, well, I'll see how I feel Thursday. Let's see. Because <laughs> right now, I don't have it. My gut is like, you're in trouble. Well, you're, it's bad news. You got to look yourself in the mirror every morning and give yourself a big pep talk and get ready to put Craig right beside where all of his trades belonged, right in the garbage. Well, we shall see. I've seen this I'm movie salty. before, man. Week 14 <laughs> has been my nemesis for a few years in a row here. Craig eliminated me a few years back with kind of a similar situation. I was a favorite. And he picked up some scrub from Buffalo and hit, I think he had like 98 yards, 10 catches and a touchdown. And it was the difference. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I'm excited to see. Well, we've got some, uh, we've got some big NFL fantasy news to get to. We've got our injuries, our fantasy podium. um, And of course we've got to break down our, uh, break down our matchups for the league of extraordinary gentlemen. But uh, why don't you get started with the big, the big headlines from the weekend? Yeah, I mean, another week in the NFL, another, you know, crop of storylines to go over. Weird one to start here. We had uh, CEH, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, he was active for his team's game, and, you know, a lot of fantasy managers were relying on him going into their playoffs, but uh, he didn't play at all. It was due to an illness he had through the, the week, and uh, it was interesting to see him even dress at all and not be news, but uh, it was pretty disappointing for his owners. Uh, something to monitor moving forward. I'm sure, I'm hopeful that, you know, he's this week he'll be able to get over it and get back on the field, but uh, it was kind of a very weird scenario for this week and tough, tough timing for his owners. Uh, another tough kind of timing was the Tyler Boyd and Xavier Howard. I don't know if you actually saw this in the uh, Bengals dolphins game. 
but they kind of got tied up on the sideline in the second quarter and got him, you know, mixed up a little bit after the whistle and they both got ejected. It was pretty weak ejection. If you ask me, like they didn't do too much. And, uh, you know, tempers were kind of flaring from there. And there was later in the game, there was more players that got ejected, Devontae Parker, Mac Hollins and safety, Sean Williams. Um, I don't know if there's going to be any, you know, you know, lingering effects from this if guys are going to miss any time or get fines but uh, it's something to watch moving forward here for sure uh you know this time of year the, the smallest thing can be the difference in your matchups um smallest things it could come down to the very last play of a game for instance like uh, the jets <laughs> and the las vegas raiders man yeah you know it's hard to convince anybody the raiders or the the jets didn't want to lose that game but either way greg williams calls the all-out blitz on the last play of the game with henry ruggs on the field let somebody Let's him get behind the D. He gets fired. They lose the game. Adams Gase is still employed somehow. He must have like f- compromising photos of Roger Goodell or something. And Roger's just like, he gets a team. I don't care which team it is, but I don't know what it is because it's crazy. He still has a job. Um, man, this was a tough one. I'm sure you watched it yesterday. The Steelers thing, you know, they finally got a loss, but it wasn't the fact that we lost. It was the fact that, you know, the how we lost. It wasn't a pretty game. We had a big lead at home. We'd usually hold on to those things. I don't want to make excuses, but, you know, three games in 12 days, it looked like it caught up with some of the defensive players by the end of that game, and we got dinged up. Hopefully some of the guys that we left the game earlier are okay, but uh, this means there's no undefeated teams in the NFL for another season. I did see this cool video that you you put in the notes here, Larry Zonka celebrating with with a glass of champagne or a drink there and a cigar, as as he has every year since they had their perfect season. So that's that's another record that's going to last. And something else that may last is uh, the, the Jalen Hurts era because he's going to start as uh, as of this week for the Eagles. Carson Wentz and his massive contractor on the bench. Um, it's going. He's going up against the Saints, and you know what? I've got the Saints D, and it's really I don't know what to do here. I don't like the unknown. You know what I mean? I wish they gave Wentz one more week so I knew for sure that <laughs> D would eat. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens there with the Eagles because as far as I'm concerned right now, they're the worst product to watch in the NFL. Yeah, that's a tough that's a tough first start for any uh any rookie quarterback. You know, he's had a few plays here and there. He threw a touchdown pass when he came in for Wentz in the last game. But uh, you know, Wentz is the most the most pressured, the most hit, the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. And now you're putting Hurts in against uh, you know, a team that's arguably arguably been the best defense in the NFL for the last five or six weeks. And uh, you know that Sean Payton's going to be licking his chops. You know that the the state the Saints linebackers and D line are going to be uh, looking to pad their stats a little bit. So they're going to be all over him. So this is a big tester. I don't know. I don't know what I would do if I were you. It is the unknown. Uh, you know, big name rookie coming in, but uh, I I would probably go with those veteran guys who've been you know high flying, like I said, for the last month and a half, and they're going to be looking to put a hurt on the rookie. Um, with that Pittsburgh game, that was a tough one to lose. Uh, we've been saying it for a little while, you know, nobody, nobody was calling for a perfect season. We're not Patriots fans for heaven's sakes, but, uh, there were a couple of, there were a couple of things I didn't really like in that game, but particularly what happened at the end of the first half. And again, not making excuses or not blaming anything for the loss. But, uh, if you didn't see it, there was a situation where Washington ran their third down play and had a chance to kick a long field goal but had to basically sprint their special teams out. They had no timeouts left. The ball was down in the middle of the field. And all of a sudden, oh, no, referees can't do anything. They stopped the clock. They let the Washington football team leisurely walk out. There's a mix-up with the game ball, blah, blah, blah. Well, what it was was Alex Smith took the game ball off the field with him, 
and forced an illegal like time stoppage essentially and uh gave his team a chance you know they were down 14 nothing and and kicked that field goal before the halftime but uh kind of a greasy move kind of an odd rule that you wouldn't penalize the team that caused that but uh you know no excuse for the way that <clears throat> the way that Pittsburgh kind of couldn't couldn't do too much um their record in games where they led by two touchdowns at the half at home was 78-1-1. One one. So that's only the second time they've ever lost at home um, with a two-touchdown lead at halftime. Well, I mean, but, uh, yeah, there was other, a bunch of other plays. You're right, though. That was a very curious. I mean, the, the administrative issues is what the referee said. That was the reasoning. We had to restart the clock or stop the clock to due to administrative issues. No, that guy just cheated. And you know what? I'm tipping my cap to him because he got away with it and good on him. But the Steelers are dropping way too many passes. And there were some questionable play calls on our end. Like when we got to the, you know, 17-17, we're in their territory in third and one. And we we throw it. And then fourth and one is the worst play call I've seen all season. Like, if you're not going to kick the field goal on fourth and one, why not try a run on third and one? Like, there's a lot of weird play calls, but, I mean, who am I? Yeah, well, you know, Coach T said in his presser after uh, the biggest thing that he saw was the team needed to uh, make routine plays routinely. Um, No more drops, no more missed assignments, no more missed blocks. They just got to, you know, it's time to smarten up. Starting 11-0 is great, but... Not if you lose a few down the stretch and get knocked out right away. So hopefully this is the wake-up call they needed. Anyways, on to uh, to some other news. On Sunday, Patrick Mahomes became the first player ever to have three consecutive seasons with 3,500 passing yards, 25 passing touchdowns, and a 105 passer rating. Uh, Before this year, there were only three quarterbacks that had ever done it even twice back-to-back. It was uh, Tom Brady. Peyton Manning and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Ever heard of those guys? Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. And, uh, you know, Mahomes has done it three years in a row. And, uh, oh, those would be, what, his first three seasons in the NFL. So pretty exciting to see what's coming up for that young man. I I hear good things about him. (laughs) I got a hunch. Uh, I got a hunch. (laughs) I got a hunch. I wish I had a hunch about the the game that Cleveland and the Titans played because I would have bet every red cent I had. Um, they put the Titans in their place. They Cleveland held Derrick Henry to uh, little to no production. They caused his first fumble in 375 carries, which is an obscene number. Um, but most impressively, they were they were up uh, 38 to seven at halftime, and they set a record I think for uh, points scored by the Browns in a half. So. Good for you, Cleveland. Good for you. I can see why Tim likes Baker so much. He was pretty impressive. <laughs> um, not as impressive was Cam Newton. I don't know if you saw any of Cam Newton, but uh, a starting quarterback in the league, and he threw for only 69 yards. Normally, that would not be a good thing. That would not uh, be a good sign for your team. But, uh, well, lucky for him, the rest of his team had a heck of a game, and lucky for him, he ran a couple touchdowns in, and the Patriots – absolutely decimated the chargers 45 to zero they stole the soul of justin herbert just like we said bill belichick knew uh he knew exactly what to whisper in his ear it's kind of like ham playing catcher in the sandlot he just knew what to say to throw him off his game and uh, that was all she wrote um before tonight's game uh lamar uh, was activated from the COVID list. And uh, I don't know if you saw his rushing touchdown earlier. It looked pretty good. He was kind of, kind of 
flashed a glimpse of the old Lamar. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens right now. I think the Ravens were winning that game last time I checked. Um, <clears throat> the Lions beat the Bears in their first game after firing Matt Patricia. So it's possible that the Lions are also helping get rid of another Matt. They're trying to help the Bears get rid of Matt Nagy, but uh, we'll see what happens in that front. And uh, Christian McCaffrey owners, get ready to celebrate because he's supposed to be back in week 14. Good time to be back, start of the playoffs. Um, the only problem is a lot of other Pan- Panthers players are in the COVID protocol. So uh, hopefully that doesn't affect the game scheduling and hopefully they have a team to put out there. Yeah. And uh, one last one last little bit of news for us here. Seattle had a tough loss to the Giants. The Cardinals had a tough loss to the Rams. All of a sudden, Josh Allen had another monster game. Those guys, though, that was the early MVP talk. It was Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, then it was those two guys and maybe Kyler Murray. But uh, Kyler's kind of fallen off. Russ has had a few stinkers. Allen's been up and down and up again. Who do you think is the MVP front runner right now, Jeff? Uh, well, I think it's between Mahomes and Rodgers. And, uh, I mean, I flip and flop every time I watch either of them play. I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's the best. And then I watch the other guy play, and I'm like, oh, no, that's the best. So, yeah, uh, it's really going to come right down to it. I mean, both guys are out of this world. They don't turn the ball over. They throw touchdowns. They make the right decision. Um, I, I mean, I guess if I had to pick somebody right now, I'd say, I think Rogers, I don't know the numbers off my head, top of my head, but I think Rogers has more touchdown passes and yeah, I don't know, man. That's like, it's a coin toss right now. I'd pick Mahomes just because I have him on my team. I hear you. I think, I think personally I'd go with Rogers. Uh, he's kind of silenced the doubters. He looks like he's back to form. So, uh, it's good to see. It's good for the game to have a, a living legend performing like that. Either way, man, they're, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And you know what? They're both going to lead their teams deep into the playoffs. So uh, yeah, they were going to be watching them for a few weeks coming up here. Uh, some bad news on the, you know, the, the, the week 13, we had another week in the NFL. A lot of guys get banged up and uh, Brandon cooks left his game with a suspected concussion. Um, he actually came back in the game, but it was a scary hit and he's got a bad history of concussion. So I don't know if we're you know completely out of the woods there yet, so that's something to monitor. He's kind of like the last man standing there, him and uh, Kiki. Uh, Frank Gore, another guy who left uh, with a concussion. This guy stayed out of the game, though. Unfortunately, he left really early, and uh, you know he's 65 years old. It's He shouldn't be taking these hits at all, so the fact that he gets a brain injury <laughs> is kind of scary. Um, and the guy that came in for him went off. It was it um, what's his name? Ty Johnson. Um, kind of went crazy. Yeah, both so. guys, actually. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, Josh Adams, he went off for 75 yards too, I think. I don't like the Raiders at all. I mean, that game, you know, anyways. Uh, Tyler Lockett, he left his game with suspected concussion, came back into the game, but he's kind of been quiet the last few weeks here. Hopefully he goes boom for you when uh, when the games count. And Darrell Henderson, they injured his knee, left in the first half. Don't know how serious it is. Akers looked really good when he's getting the opportunity here. It seems that he's taking the, the lead in that backfield, and it's kind of his for the, the rest of the season as long as he doesn't blow it. Well, there was a bit of news. I actually didn't have a chance to put it in here, but uh, he, I guess he was listed. They didn't practice today, but he was listed as a uh, would not have participated or would have been highly limited. I guess he's got a little uh, shoulder thing. So keep an eye on that if you're an Acres owner. Um, You know, hopefully for uh, for our league with Marty, hopefully Acres just decides to pack it in for the rest of the season and – you know, doesn't want to play anymore. Agreed. But uh, for everybody else, you know, keep an eye, see what happens. It, it could be okay. It could just be preventative, but uh, you never know with these things. 
A um, couple of other, a uh, couple of other guys went down this weekend or didn't play. Josh Kelly, Joshua Kelly injured his ankle. He wasn't really a fantasy factor anymore, uh, anyways, especially with Eckler back. But uh, if you were hanging on to him, hoping for something, um, you know, might might be worth releasing him for somebody else. Uh, Brandon Allen, who's been starting at QB for the Bengals, he suffered a chest injury. Uh, it broke his heart how much the offensive line was letting the defenses through, so he just had enough, and uh, he was replaced with Ryan Finley. I haven't heard anything yet as to who's going to be the starter this week. This next one is a big one. Antonio Gibson, he left the game last night against the Steelers very early. Um, it sounds like a toe injury. This could be you know, little to no impact, or this could be something that nags him and keeps him out for a few weeks, could be the rest of the fantasy season. Um, and even if he does come back, you know, there's always a chance he's not going to be as effective. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely disappointing, you know, a guy who's come in as a as a rookie and, and really kind of lit the world on fire the last few weeks. But, uh <clears throat> Um, that means uh, J.D. McKissick will be getting a lot more work in Washington. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I talked about him a few times last week, how much I needed him to be true to his word, and uh, he done me dirty. He tricked me. <laughs> he he ghosted me. He said all week, oh, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. Don't you worry. And then, no, nope, game day, there's nobody there. And, uh, you know, he sent his homeboy, uh, Booker, onto my squad, and, and he did not do too much so uh thanks for nothing um and uh on the covid front you know i mentioned that some panthers were in the protocol the biggest name that's known to have tested positive is dj moore so uh he you know he won't be available this week with that positive test and we have no idea in week 15 what his status will be uh there are other panthers in the protocol including curtis samuel so keep an eye on those guys as long as they're testing negative they should be available this weekend. And uh, tonight, if you were looking forward to seeing Des Bryant hit the field uh, with his new squad, the Baltimore Ravens, revenge game against the Dallas Cowboys. But uh, just before the game, he announced that he had tested positive and uh, he wouldn't be taking part. So, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to you, Des. Good luck and get back soon. Well, he's even saying I'm done with the season now. He's like, there ain't, there's no more, Ooh. there's no point in playing anymore. He's, he's t- kind of taken to Twitter. And, uh, yeah, just going back to Antonio Gibson, you know, I talk about how I'm facing Craig probably in the playoffs week one here, and, and he obviously has him now. I've been refreshing my Twitter, searching Antonio Gibson for any kind of update, and they're not giving anything yet, so I have no idea what's going to happen here. But he looks like he was pretty ginger. It's going to be interesting to see if he can go full bore. And, uh, you know, obviously he's a key player for Craig's team, so I've got uh, my eyes on that one. Uh, let's talk about some good stuff, though, man. We had some crazy good performances in uh, – in the fantasy week this week. And let's talk about our fantasy podium. Um, you know, the top position uh, or top three at every position in our league, based on our league scoring, we'll start with quarterback, Josh Allen. We mentioned he went off. He had uh, 375 yards, four touchdowns, 37 points, slinging it all over the field. Just made the 49ers look like little kids. He looked really, really good last night. And uh, sort of the bills uh, Baker Mayfield, another guy, he had 334 yards and four touchdowns, all four touchdowns in the first half. It was crazy. You know, we were talking about that game, how it was going to be a run fest and Baker just play actioned all over the uh, Titans. He had 37 points in our league and Derek Carr had a nice game on the other side of the field. Uh, or not, I'm sorry, that was a different game, but uh, he still had 300, <laughs> 381 yards and three touchdowns. I was just thinking about the last second gaff by the defense and usually that's the Browns doing it, but it was the Jets that gave Derek Carr that touchdown and kind of put him over the top for 35 points. 
Uh, looking at the running backs, David Montgomery is coming on strong here at the end of the year. 17 carries, 72 yards, two touchdowns for 25 points. Aaron Jones, 15 for 130 and one. He broke a big one at the end of that game, and he's got a juicy matchup that I'm terrified of uh, against the Detroit Lions this week. And Jonathan Taylor, I'm gonna guy I'm gonna talk about later on. He kind of broke out this week. He had uh, 13 carries for 91 yards. He had three catches for 44 yards and a touchdown and 21 fantasy points for our third, uh, our top three running back. Yeah, Taylor looked good. It was nice to see him get back to that amount of work. The Colts in general uh, looked pretty good, so it'll be interesting to see what they can do down the stretch. David Montgomery has, uh, you know, one of the easiest fantasy playoff schedules. Um, I'm personally kind of kicking myself for not taking advantage of the chance to trade for him when I could. I was a little worried about him uh, returning or being put onto IR and missing even more of an extended period. But uh, those Monty owners, they got to be pretty happy to, you know, see him finally living up to his potential here as we come down to the end of the season. Um, as we get to the wide receiver podium, speaking of a guy who's finally living up to his potential, Corey Davis, you know, a few years ago, he was drafted number five overall in the NFL draft. There was so much talk about him coming in as a rookie. He kind of flopped. There was so much talk about the second year breakout. He kind of flopped. And then uh, all of a sudden, you know, the hot new thing, AJ Brown was on the scene and everybody kind of forgot about Corey Davis. And this year has really been a resurgence for his career. Um, he's had a few few big games uh, over the past few weeks and none bigger than this one. He had 11 catches for 182 and a touchdown, 29 fantasy points. Um, he's number one on the week. Devontae Adams, how many times are we going to say this guy's name in the, in the fantasy podium? You know, pretty regular, 10 catches for 121 and two, 22 points. And uh, Cole Beasley, this one, little little more surprising, but uh, with no John Brown, with John Brown on IR in Buffalo, uh, Cole Beasley's really stepped into that role nicely, and he had another big game. Nine catches for 130 and one, 24 fantasy points. At the tight end spot, we had a bit of a historic day. Oh, Darren Waller of the Raiders, yeah, against you on Whammer's team. Believe it or not, I actually played Darren Waller in the league and lost. How wow. uh, you know, embarrassing is that? And even worse, the guy I was playing against also had Clyde Edwards Hilaire in his lineup. So, uh, yeah, hmm. <laughs> not great. <laughs> Give me more advice, not Kyle. Like, Tell me more fantasy advice, yeah, please. <laughs> I know. Well, don't play against uh, don't play against Josh Allen and a bunch of other real studs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he had 13 catches, 200 yards, and two touchdowns. He had 39 points. This is uh, I saw somewhere. This is the sixth all-time tight end uh, performance. He also joined Shannon Sharp as the only tight end to have 120 yards and two touchdowns in one uh, half of football. So huge day for Waller. Travis Kelsey, you know, a pretty pretty pedestrian eight for 136 and one, you know, a laughable 24 points. And uh, whew, this one hurt on my bench. Logan Thomas with the game of his career against the Steelers. Nine for 98 and one, 20 fantasy points. You want to know how the Washington football team beat the Steelers without their best player? They threw the ball to Logan Thomas and he caught it nine times and had 100 yards and a touchdown. It hurt. Um, <clears throat> we had some real big performances on the IDP as well. Uh, Kyle Van Noy for Miami um, in that game against Cincinnati. He had eight tackles, five tackles for loss, three sacks in one game. He had 28 fantasy wow. points. Justin Houston, who uh, in another league, I toyed all week with picking him up off the waivers and finally decided against it and went a different direction. 
He had four tackles, two for loss, three sacks, and a forced fumble for 26 points. And uh, Joe Schobert, uh, I believe who's on Henniger's team, yep. um, Jacksonville linebacker, he had five tackles, seven assisted tackles, and a pick six, and a sack, 26 fantasy points. So if you had any of those guys on your squad, uh, you know, that's, that can push you over the top week to week. Whew. A lot of a lot of big things to talk about. I I hate talking about all those successful fantasy players when my own teams were uh, such duds this week. <laughs> but uh, you know we gotta I, I gotta take my medicine. We gotta take a look at my team. We gotta take a look at your team. We gotta take a look at all the teams. It's time for our LOEG matchup recap. All right. Well, let's do it. Yeah. You know what? We're going to start with yours, buddy. Let's get put me out of my misery. Yeah. Let's get it out of the way here. Uh, You know, it was the down week for your team, but like I said, uh, off the top about mine, this is the kind of you rather this week than any of the next three weeks. And uh, you, you know, you talked about how you had a bad feeling about this week or this matchup for weeks now. And, you know, Chad didn't get the massive day you thought he would from both his quarterbacks, but he got enough. He looks like he's going to pull out the win here, get into the playoffs. Uh, I think he's going to finish as the seven seed. If everything uh, shakes out the way, I think it will. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, you look at his squad, he had a big day from James Robinson. He had a good day from Kyler Murray. Calvin Ridley did his thing. Lamar Jackson's having a big week for him. Um, he had some big IDP games and you just had some duds, right? You just, you know, without Josh Jacobs in there, you put Devontae Booker in. He didn't do anything. Austin Hooper had a meh. Jacoby Myers didn't do anything. Goskowski. I mean, Phil Rivers had a decent game and Crowder had a couple touchdowns, but other than that, there's nothing really too exciting. Jarvis Landry, another, another good game for you, but, uh, yeah, I mean, any concerns about your lineup going into the playoffs? Obviously, Josh Jacobs is key to your success. But other than that, is there anything you're uh, you're concerned about going into week 14? Oh, I'm concerned about everything. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm very concerned. Um, yeah, no, you know what? It's uh, It was a tough day all around. I, I toyed with a couple of decisions before the, before the early matchup started, and they came back to kind of kick me in the butt. I thought about switching Hooper out for uh, Logan Thomas, but Thomas has been down and he's going against Pittsburgh, so I didn't. Uh, I thought about switching Jacoby Myers out for a guy that I just picked up last week, Gabriel Davis, who uh, he ended up having an okay uh, game. He put up, I think, 14 points. My day actually started off pretty good. Crowder was having a good game. Rivers was having a good game. Miami defense was doing their thing. Landers having a good game, and uh, I was – pretty far ahead in the projections and then uh and then as the day went on you know everybody coming in later just didn't really do anything so i'm hoping it's like you mentioned i'm hoping it's just a case of uh we got all our bad all our bad stuff out of the way and uh hopefully we can take advantage of some good matchups going into next week (laughs) (laughs) i feel the same way you can do the same with me just rip it off like a band-aid yeah. Well, you know what? The one thing is my my uh, prediction skills are very good. So if you'll think back to the night of our league draft and uh, you and Tim and I were, were kind of chit-chatting about how we thought our teams were. And uh, I believe I told you, I think I'm just good enough to finish in sixth place and get knocked out in the first round of playoffs. I do. I remember that exactly. Yeah. If everything goes the way I think it's going to go, I'm going to finish in about sixth place. And pretty likely I'm going to get knocked out in the first round of playoffs. So, uh, you know, at least at least my forecasting is good. Well, I, you know what? Anything can happen this time of year. And, you know, just put the full lineup out there and then we'll see what happens next week. Yeah. Or maybe I'll sit my defense and split the money. We'll see. So at six, who is, uh, would that be uh, 
uh, sorry, Kevin uh, or Whammer? Uh, I think the way it shakes out, I'd end up playing Kevin right now. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough draw. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he was sitting in second place for a long time this year, and uh, you know, unless Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams decide to uh, retire for religious reasons, probably not looking too good. <laughs> anyway, well, they're due. They're due for a dud. They are due for a dud. Yeah, they're due for a dud. Everybody. Speaking due of due for a dud, my whole yeah. Team. Well, it's got to happen one of these days, you know. Steelers, Steelers have a dud, and so do you once in a while. Uh, I don't know what the current score projection is. I know that uh, at the time of making this this evening, the current score at that time was 192 for Whammer time and 150 for Apocalypse Now. And the final projection, I think, was something like 157 for you to 192 for Whammer. So, uh, yeah, I don't think you closed the gap. Sorry, buddy. No, no. It was, um, you I had was a, obvious early. You had a really big game from Matt Stafford. Uh, you know, it was nice to see him unleashed a bit without uh, – you know, the old ball and chain weighing him down, the old bearded ball and chain, Matt Patricia. Um, got a big day from Alvin Kamara. That's got to feel good going into playoffs. And uh, Dalvin Cook, you know, doing Dalvin Cook things. Uh, big news, actually, before the uh, before the Vikings game was that Madison, who, you know, I talked about, oh, maybe they're going to rest Cook a bit. He had an emergency appendectomy. Second guy this year, Hooper had the same thing earlier this season. So he was out and it was all Cook all the time. Um, Patrick Mahomes, he, he had an okay day, you know, not the super, super, super days he's been putting up, but you had a few duds, oh. uh, DJ Chark, nah, Noah fan, uh, Halen Robinson were kind of mad, but the one that's got to burn you, the one that's got to be keeping you up at night right now is Miles Sanders. Uh, they're just, I don't know what's going on there. They're not using him. Jordan Howard touching the ball. Jordan oh Howard? You have Barely all these got... issues, the whole team, and your solution is Jordan Howard? Their solution was to bring back the guy who they happily got rid of because they definitely, definitely, definitely did not want him in the backfield. Uh, oh. What was that? Oh, this season. At the start of this season, they got rid of him. And uh, oh, guess who's back? Yeah. Ridiculous. Anyways, not good. Um <clears throat> well, speaking of ridiculous, Whammer got some ridiculous performances. Darren Waller, uh, you know, like I said, historical. Uh, even in a loss, Deontay Johnson went off for him. <sighs> Cam Newton, like, this is the thing with rushing quarterbacks. You start a quarterback who throws no touchdowns, throws an interception in 69 yards, and doesn't even play a whole game. He got replaced by Jared Stidham, and he still scored 25 points because he rushed two touchdowns. Like, talk about saving the day in a week where he was forced to play Cam with Brady out on bye. And uh, 18 points from his kicker. His kicker outscored uh, most of your professional – or professional – most of your positional players. Yeah. Um, he did have a few duds on his team, though. You know, Alan Lazard, Austin Eckler didn't, didn't look quite as good as he did in his first game back. Hunter Henry. Uh, Gurley's really concerning because the Falcons are saying now he's dealing with some pain in that knee. Um, so they, you know, they're going to be limiting his touches potentially. It's going to be some combination of Edo Smith and Brian Hill. But, uh, the biggest one that Whammer's got to have his eye on right now is Russell Wilson, you know, right at the deadline, he made that big trade. Um, he made that big trade to acquire Russ from, uh, from Tim and sent Watson over to Tim's team. And all of a sudden Russ, he ain't cooking. He's uh he's calling up skip the dishes and uh, it's it's pretty cold and soggy lately so I don't know well, I don't know how good I'd feel but it it worked for him this week playing against some some bum I guess and he's lucky the Jets are coming to town so they're pretty much a 
they can correct the path for him pretty quick here. Um, man, I want to talk about this matchup too. I talked about how I've kind of had bad luck against Whammer, and him and I have this running joke about only child luck, and I can't beat it. And uh, and I don't know if you watched the games real closely, but D- Dalvin Cook had maybe 47 carries from within the three-yard line in that game and c- could not score a touchdown. Even in the end, when they were in overtime, it was third and one from the one-inch-yard line. They were going to hand it to him. He was going to fall in. They get a false start, and then they're like, you know what? Let's just kick it and go home. So the fantasy gods were not letting him into the end zone. And then the other one I want to talk about is flipping Tyreek Hill, catching the ball and not telling anybody about it. Like that's too, I have that stack. That makes a huge difference in this matchup. But like I said, Wusa, Wusa, I got to. I'm hoping this is all the bad coming out in week 13 instead of when I've seen it the last couple of years in week 14. And uh, congrats to Whammer on a win and. Um, Hopefully I see you again this year. Yeah. Ugh. And uh well in that Vikings game, you know, Cook couldn't get it in. Cook had, I believe, didn't he have a fumble on the one yard line? Yeah. Well? And I don't even get how that's his fumble. Like he never had the yeah. ball. No, it just kind of got bounced off of him by uh by cousins. Uh but also they had another they had another goal to go and they gave it to uh the big guy. They gave it to Ham. And oh, he went ham. He went I put it in his first touchdown in, you know, half a decade. So God, I don't know why you keep that loser on your squad. Can't do anything. Well, he's expiring at the end of the year, so he'll be back in the draft. <laughs> like, Let's talk about like another goodness. matchup. <laughs> and this one's got me fired up, too. I mean, Craig's going to win here, and uh, he probably has a better team. But Tim had an opportunity here, if he sets a full lineup, to maybe upset Craig and, and eliminate his season. Uh, but it is what it is. He's got some holes in it, and uh, he's got about 100 points. He's projected to lose 157 to 100. Uh, the biggest thing with Craig's lineup going into the playoffs here, we talked about it already, is Antonio Gibson's health. If, if he can't go for him, that's a big hole in his running back spot. Uh, I'm sure whoever he puts in this week is going to go off. because uh, just, Anyways, uh, but yeah, this week he had some okay performances. Aaron Jones, we talked about, he was on the podium. Kirk Cousins had another good game with three touchdowns and 300 yards. Uh, he did enough to get the win. Metcalf had an okay day. Well, Hopkins was good. Um but yeah, it just it wasn't enough from Tim's side. He had you know Mark Andrews on COVID. He lost Madison to the appendectomy. He had an empty hole in uh, in his defense, and uh, he started a couple of guys that you know he may not have started if he was actually uh, if set a lineup. But uh, it is what it is. And Craig wins. He's in the playoffs. Looks like he's the seventh seed, and and Tim's going to be in the playdown. Yeah, and he's got some talented guys. Like I uh, I kind of picked him as my sleeper pick in that playdown to get the number one overall. So. We'll see, but he's definitely not going to do it with, uh, you know, sloppy lineup management like this. Sheesh. Sheesh. Oh, boy. Anyways, um, <clears throat> this is another match that's ongoing. Actually, as of uh, as of the recording of this, all the matches in our league are technically still ongoing, but I don't think there's any that are really going to be decided in this Cowboys game. Um, but we had uh, Don't Hassle the Hawk going up against Kevin's team, Swift Justice. And uh, when I made when I made the show doc, there was a hundred point difference between these teams, I believe. And the final projection was going to be even more than that: 118 for Bedner's team and 220 for Kevin's team. Ooh, that doesn't make me feel good if that's who I end up playing. Um, Bedner did get a great game out of a guy that he picked up, Kiki Cutie, who you mentioned. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk of him filling into the Will Fuller spot, and he really did. He was, uh, he kind of turned into almost the wide receiver one there, especially with Cooks having to leave the game a little bit early and coming back in and out. Um, he got an okay game from Sam Darnold. Uh, Ruggs, Henry Ruggs would have had not a good game except for, uh, that, that one last Hail Mary touchdown really saving the day. 
Um, but he had some duds on his team as well. Uh, Zach Pascal from the Colts, he he was a real dud. Actually, his three starting wide receivers, he had Claypool, Darius Slayton, and Brashad Perryman. None of those guys could really do much. And then uh, he was playing a couple of, uh, you know, what you would consider, I guess, second string or third down backs, Chase Edmonds and Jalen Richard. So you're not expecting too, too much, but uh, they gave you even less than that. So I'd say the biggest problem with Bender's team was just too many duds. But uh, Kevin's team, this is this is what really scares me because even with even with putting up uh, you know close to two hundred and twenty points, even he had a couple of duds. Terry McLaurin did not do a whole lot for a, for a surprise win for the Washington Football Team, and AJ Brown, you know, he left with that ankle injury. Um, he came back and definitely looked to be hampered by it, but. Uh, finished out the game anyways, but he didn't really do too much. It was all Corey Davis all the time in that Cleveland, uh, in that Cleveland Titans game. And, um, but even with those couple of duds, you know, he had Baker Mayfield going crazy. He had Aaron Rodgers going crazy. He had Devontae Adams. He had both of our rambles. Like that can't be fair. (laughs) One team gets both rambles, Chris Carson and Dave Montgomery. Like, come on, we got to have a rule for that. And uh, he is rolling going into playoffs. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, um, you know, he was he was pretty steady behind you back when his team was still called Judge Judy before Grant the Team Thief stole it. Uh, he, he was sitting in second place most of the year until Marty caught up and passed him. Um, but he's never really slowed down. He's had big, he's had big performances and uh, he's been getting solid scores, especially from Rodgers and Adams. And he's looking good going into the playoffs. Yeah, he's going to be a tough one to stop. And that, I mean, they're not going to score two touchdowns every week, are they? That stack, it's just, it's crazy. They do it 11 targets, nine catches, 98 yards, two touchdowns, seems like every week with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. But, uh, you know, if he does miss out on that, that's really the key to success. If somebody does slow them down, uh, he's going to have a tough time, especially as you know we get into the later weeks and it's a, you know, a stiff competition every week. So he's going to be troubled down the stretch for sure. Uh, a couple teams that are not going to be troubled down the stretch, they're going to be in the play down though. And, uh, you know, this was it, Kyle, man. This was it, dude. You had a chance. Uh... And, you know, it looked good when Tyler Boyd scored a 72-yard touchdown, but then he got kicked out of the game, man. <laughs> <laughs> got into a little hissy slapping match with uh Xavier Howard and that was too much the referee said no 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 and you you know that's too many fantasy points you Christian might get a second win here so we got to squash this now and uh he didn't it looks like he's gonna lose he's projected to lose by 12 points 98 to 86 and if you think about those point totals compared to what you just said for Kevin it's crazy uh you know they add up both their scores and he still doesn't beat them they they don't still don't beat Kevin, but uh, yeah, I mean these two teams are in the playdown. They've been in the playdown for a while. They're looking at the, the the guys they can put in their lineups for the you know to potentially win the first overall pick, and uh, you know Grant's got a couple guys he can, should be happy about. I mean Drew Locke had an okay day. Lavisca Chenault Chenault scored a kind of a funny touchdown, but he put up fourteen points, and uh, yeah, these guys if you know they're gonna face I guess one's gonna face Steve. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how it plays out. One's gonna face Bednar, the other one's gonna face Tim. And then they're going to move on to the play down. But, uh, yeah, kind of an ugly matchup. Don't want to spend too much time on it. 13 versus 14. And, uh, yeah, the outcome was kind of what we expected. Well, and Chenault's touchdown, like you mentioned, that was the first touchdown of the week. It was insane. Yeah. Like Mike Glennon sidearms it in, skips it like a stone. Like I think he was throwing it to Chark. To Chark actually. He was. Yep. And it skipped off the back of the defender. 
And then all of a sudden, there's Chenault. He's just by himself in the end zone. Oh, he's got the ball. Like It almost looked like a trick. It looked like the first ball bounced into the crowd, and he just pulled one out of his pocket and said, oh, yeah, yeah, I caught it. Like it, Even on the slow-mo, it didn't even make sense how the ball could bounce like that. I don't know what was more confusing, that play or the one that you mentioned before where uh, you know Tyreek going down, the ball bounces up, and he, he somehow catches it and keeps it off the ground and holds onto it, and even he didn't realize that he caught it. And, uh, you know, nobody bothered taking a look at it. So, oh, it's, a weird, it's a weird sport. When you, take a, when you take a piece of leather shaped like an egg and start kicking and throwing it around, weird things happen, I guess. But, uh, you know, Christian, you really let me down here, buddy. I've been, <laughs> uh, I've been cheering for you for 13 weeks. You only stepped up once. Like, I hope he wins the play down now, actually. I think I hope he wins the next three weeks. I hope so, just so I feel better about my season. How do you score 86 points? Guy scored 167 points against me. Guy would have beat eight (laughs) teams out of 14. There was only five teams that scored better than him in the whole league that week. And other than that one week, it hasn't even been close. This is probably the closest game he's had all season. (laughs) Uh, All right, I'm getting all fired up. We better move on here. Oh, all right. We had uh, this was this was a good matchup between two good buddies, but uh, didn't end up being that close. We had Martz uh, taking on the Young Guns, Marty against Todd, and uh, a bit of a beatdown. Marty put up two hundred and twenty six points, and Todd looking like about one fifty three. Oh, Marty's team. Uh, you know he's been doing it since the trade deadline, and he was having some success before, but he pretty much just had everybody go wild. Josh Allen went wild. Ryan Tannehill. The two of them combined for almost the same score as Christian's entire team, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> Stephon Diggs, big, big, big day. Oh, Robert Woods, you know what? The only thing that makes me feel good about this is that sandwich you're going to have to make me at the end of the year. For yeah, this. I might as well start he, making he it had now. Another big, yeah, well, no thanks. That man is going to turn. Uh, but Nick Chubb doing work. Miles Gaskin, this was a big return for him. That was a guy who he lost earlier in the season, and uh, Gaskin ended up being healthy and got a big workload again in that Cincinnati-Miami game. Travis Kelsey, Cam Akers, you know, like we mentioned, uh, Henderson went out, Akers had a good day. Only people on his team, really, that he, he could have had some mild concern over were Keenan Allen and uh, Pittman. And Pittman's a rookie. You don't really know what you're going to get, but he's flashed really good. And Allen's been fantastic, and I think you just got to chalk that up to uh, the Patriot way and and then kind of controlling that game from the opening kickoff. On the other side of the ball, Todd had lots of disappointment, Uh, not the least of which was Clyde Edwards-Alaire just simply standing on the sideline in his cape. Like, you know, he's acting like a grade nine, you know, backup, 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 backup kick returner. Guy's got his mitten minders on. Guy's got, you know, his shoes aren't even tied. He's got some fruit snacks hiding in his in his hand muff, but uh, he was out there with a helmet on, so a bunch of fancy owners put him in their lineup. Uh, Justin Herbert, who's been so good for him, um, you know, I can see why neither Craig nor Christian wanted to keep him because they yeah. probably knew he was only going to get one point in this game. Uh, Miguel Hardman, not a good game. Mitchell Trubisky, oh, dud, dud, dud. Uh, he did get good games out of uh, Jonathan Taylor and Justin Jefferson, though. And uh, you know what? Todd, for being in the middle of a rebuild, he's put up a really good effort. He's had a really good uh, team some weeks. Losing Burrow obviously hurt a lot. But uh, I see a lot of big things on the rise for this team. So I'm excited to see what he can do going forward. 
Yeah, for sure. And like you said, Marty's team is clicking at the right time. He's going to be, I mean, I think between him and Kevin, I think I would say one of those two is the favorites, just the way their teams are playing uh, going into the playoffs here. It's uh, it's going to be fun to watch what happens. And yeah, Todd's got a lot of young killers already and, and they're just going to get better. And he's going to, he's got a tough couple of tough decisions to make as far as keepers. But uh, yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna be fine for years to come here. Uh, the next matchup we're gonna talk about the last matchup was a really fun one, man. I don't know if you followed this one throughout the the weekend and into today, but it went back and forth. Like every time I looked at it, there's somebody uh, the different another person was projected to win it. This one was between Henniger, uh, who's now called House Money 2020, and uh, Steve's team, who is whooping Washington. Well, that one didn't happen. And uh, unfortunately for Steve, he didn't get the win when he needed it to get into the playoffs. It looks like he's going to fall short against Henniger. Um, Henniger's projected to put up about 184 points here and, and kind of put Steve into the play down. But uh, this was a really fun matchup. It went back and forth. And, you know, looking at some of the big days, you talked about Corey Davis going crazy. Um, just, he had the defensive. That was kind of the difference. If you look at this matchup, I'm just going to pull it up here. But Steve's defensive players combined with the Team D. They combined for only 11 points, and Justin Schobert put up 26 points. So, you know, you look at the overall matchup, that's a huge difference. Um, Carson Wentz, that's the guy. I mean, we've talked about him all year long, but now he's officially he's not going to be a starter for Henniger. Right before the playoffs, he loses his second quarterback. He's kind of hoping that Colt McCoy gets another start here. I mean, it's going to be interesting, but he's got, you know, we talked about the boom day from Corey day, uh, Cole Beasley as well. Um, he just needs his studs to be studs if he's going to be successful, right? He needs Michael Thomas and Zeke to take back and, and Henry to take back, you know, the, the top tier of their position, uh, or he's not, he's going to have a quick playoff exit, I think. Yeah. Like Zeke's actually getting some points here tonight. I'm just noticing, um, that game is, that game's winding down and Dallas has the ball. Uh, they're going to lose. Baltimore is going to get a win here, but Zeke actually had a good week. Derek Henry was a big surprise. I wouldn't really worry about Derrick Henry, though. I mentioned David Montgomery and his uh, easy playoff schedule. Um, probably the next the next two guys are both super studs. Uh, Derrick Henry has maybe the best schedule in the whole league for the playoffs, and Aaron Jones also, I know, has a monster uh, playoff schedule. So if you're a Henry owner, you're not too worried. But, uh, yeah, if you're the Michael Thomas owner, you're probably hoping that uh, Drew Brees is going to make his way back. I know I know those people who picked up Taysom Hill. He's been a good uh, fantasy asset. He actually looked like a better passer this week. He looks like he's kind of getting more comfortable in that role. But, you know, could be any week now. Could be 14 or 15 that Drew Brees comes back, and that would change things uh, quite a bit on that offense. But uh, yeah, you know it's it's tough. This is the way the this is the way the game goes. Uh, you lose your starting quarterback just before the playoffs, and uh, it's nice that you made it in. And obviously, his team name reflects he he didn't necessarily have the highest hopes for this season, and he made it in anyways with his squad. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if Colt McCoy gets another start this week, and if he does, what can he do with it? And uh, if he doesn't, you know, Henniger's got some decisions to make to try and fill that gap. Anyways, it was a big week for the uh, <clears throat> it was a big week for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and um, not as big of a week for us in this next next segment. Though we're gonna look back at last week, and we're gonna look forward for this week with our Rudies of the week. So 
Rudy, last week Rudy. was kind of a. Oh, you did it oh, again! You did it again! You know what? <laughs> just business, I'd like to forget about our business. picks. So I'd like to forget about our picks this week because they were both. Yeah, let's just skip it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you picked Frank Gore. I remember. No, that no, no. <laughs> I was going you to. Said and you yeah, said right. I had Frank Gore. You insisted right. upon it, and I said, "Okay, man, it's all yours. You can have it. I'll take the other Jets running backs." No, you know what? I'm going to take partial credit on this one because Frank Gore on the second play of the game had to leave with a concussion. And the two guys who came in for him, Ty Johnson and Josh Adams, they went for over 170 yards. So, you know, if Gore was in, he would have gone for 270. Easy. Um, And uh, this is going to be interesting to watch, actually. Well, that's relative, I guess. As interesting as anything could be when watching the Jets. Uh, Ty Johnson, who I don't know if you remember him last year, I think it was in the fantasy playoffs. He came in for the Detroit Lions. Uh, there was there was an open spot all of a sudden right before playoffs, and it sounded like Ty Johnson was going to get just fed. And everybody was – this was like the biggest waiver wire pickup of the season. Everybody was going crazy trying to pick him up before the playoffs because you've got a guy who's going to get, you know, 25 carries. And he took the first carry of the game. And then I'm pretty sure Bo Scarborough got like 99% of the work after that. So it was just a mega dud, lost a million people their matchups. But uh, he looked not terrible in this one. And he might have earned himself some playing time, so – you know, even if Gore is back from the concussion, it's going to be going to be a mess. And, uh, you know, Gore, I'm really disappointed in you, man, because I pumped you up. I also picked you up in a league. I was really relying on you to fill in for a couple injuries and uh, you let me down. You done me dirty. You know, don't forget Christian started Gore. So if he did have those big points, he probably would have won his matchup this week and had two wins. So just a little more salt for the wound there. Um, it, it was, it is too bad though, because, because it would have been amazing if we were talking about Gore going for like one thirty and two touchdowns today. You know what I mean? That'd be like such a sweet throwback. Um, yeah, my, my Rudy of the week was more of a Rudy Pooh. He, um, I picked Josh Reynolds, the receiver for the Rams and, you know, they were, it was an exciting game, but he didn't get involved very much at all. He had one catch for 21 yards and that's not enough, but, uh, yeah, we're on to a new week and, uh, don't forget, I picked Chase Claypool a few weeks ago, so uh, I'm still riding that train until the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Good thing you didn't pick him this week. Ooh. Uh, so this week I'm, oh. okay, I'll, you know what? I'm going to jump into it first here, buddy, if you don't mind. I'm going to pick, yeah, uh, please. another wide receiver who's kind of off the radar. Again, this is our Rudy of the week. These aren't guys that you're you know going to start for sure. Um, I don't know if you heard, Marvin Hall was released by the Lions right before the game last week, and a kind of report came out saying they want to see what they've got in some of their younger receivers in Detroit, especially now with uh, Kenny Galladay being a mystery with his injury. They need playmakers on the outside. Uh, they've got this Quintez Cephas, who uh, is a young receiver. He made a big play last week. He had four targets, including a nice touchdown catch, and I really think that he's going to kind of get an expanded role moving forward here so they can see what they have moving with uh, you know this young receiver. They're playing Green Bay this week, so I figure they're going to be losing a lot and throwing a lot, and I think uh, Quintez Cephas could have a, another big game here, so he's my Rudy of the week. Stamp it! And uh, oh, I'm just a sucker for punishment because I'm, I can't believe it. Of all the teams in the NFL, NFL, of all the teams I could pick from, I'm going back to the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I am going with wide receiver Brashad Perryman. He's been getting more work. He just had a down game against Las Vegas. Um, you saw Crowder uh, get those short touchdowns, a couple of them. But uh, Darnold is getting healthier and throwing the ball a little bit better. 
And uh, this week, the Jets are taking on Seattle. And even though Seattle up front on defense has been a lot better, they are suffering in the secondary. They are still giving up big plays. They're coming off a tough loss to another New York team this week. Um, I think that the Jets are going to be down. I think they're going to be chasing the Seahawks. I think they're going to be going for big yardage plays. And that's where Perryman makes his bread and butter. I am going with Rashad Perryman. Ooh, I can barely <laughs> say this without vomiting my mouth. Rashad Perryman is my Rudy of the Week. Stupid. <laughs> oh God. All right. Well, enough of the loser talk. Let's get to some. Let's get to some of the big studs. Let's get to some of the big names, the big stars, the big producers. Let's get to a Rambo of the Week. Nothing is off. Just now. I've been charged here. Are you listening? Who are you? The worst nightmare. Over. Uh, so last. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, last week, this went a lot better for us. We uh, we had a couple of running backs. I I called uh, David Montgomery of the Bears, and uh, you know what did I say? Number one on the week, seventeen for seventy-two and two on the ground, four for thirty-nine in the air, twenty-five fantasy points. I felt pretty good about that. Call. Yeah, and I picked Chris Carson, and it turned out okay, but he didn't have the game I was expecting because the Seahawks didn't have the game I thought they would. You, know, you talked about just uh, recently here how they lost to the Giants. Uh, I mean, luckily Carson caught a touchdown and kind of saved his day and he had uh, 18 and a half fantasy points but it wasn't the running game that i thought i was expecting and uh, you know that giants defense it's kind of sneaky good in that division now with washington and the new york giants man that's gonna be fun down the stretch on somehow somehow it's gonna be fun down the stretch somehow yeah again it's all relative fun is a relative term um it's fun i guess because the cowboys are losing still and the eagles are oh, by God, it, so. So gross. Hmm. Sorry, who's your guys. smash spot give me your rambo of the week this week buddy who's gonna <clears> go off you know what i i wanted to just go with montgomery again i could have just done montgomery every week for the rest of the season but uh, i decided to mix it up and uh i'm going with a guy who who probably even though he just had you know a monster game maybe the best game of his career there's probably some fantasy owners out there who still aren't exactly sure what to do with him I'm going with Corey Davis. He had a huge breakout game. He's had a nice kind of breakout season this year. Um, and this week, he's going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are not the defense that they were a few years ago. They're going to give up some plays. Ryan Tannehill is going to be slinging the ball. And uh, A.J. Brown, we don't know what the status of his ankle injury, but it definitely seemed to hold him up. So that's going to open things up for Davis to be the stretch player and uh, to make those big yardage plays and hopefully get into the end zone. So, yeah, I'm I'm going with Corey Davis as my Rambo of the week. Stupid. Uh, this one's interesting because the Jags – yeah, I forgot what we did for that. Um, the Jags are hanging in games, right? Like, they're not getting steamrolled. Yeah, they only have, what, a win on the season, but they're they, they almost – you know, they took Minnesota to overtime. They're not giving up. They're not an easy out, so they're – the Titans are going to be engaged in this game for the whole 60 minutes, and Corey Davis could have a really nice game here. I like that pick. Um, my pick is a, a guy that's kind of – I think this is the start. I think, you know, we, we've talked about him all year long and kind of being a disappointment, not being what people drafted him to be. Um, I think he was dinged up, and he's finally healthy. He's going up against the Las Vegas Raiders this week. It's Jonathan Taylor, the running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I think this is the beginning of his kind of takeover of this backfield and uh, he's not going to give it back. And, uh, you know, the, we just talked about how the Raiders were lucky to get a win against the Jets. The Indianapolis Colts are an amazing team. 
top to bottom. So I think this is a, a game where they can kind of steamroll the uh, the Raiders here, and uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to be a big part of that. So he's my Rambo of the week. <laughs> that's it man and you know what that's it for another episode so what we're gonna do uh, our next episode is gonna be crazy because uh you know playoffs are starting we're gonna kind of prime our playoff our play down we're gonna look at the matchups a little closer than maybe we have in in the regular season here and talk about everything that's gonna happen it's gonna be a crazy couple days leading up to the playoffs to find out in the news and notes who's playing who's in who's out it's that time of year but you know what? We want to thank you guys so much for listening to us. We're having so much fun doing this. Shoot us an email. Please, yeah, you know what? We want to hear some more voice notes. What do you guys want us to cover leading up uh, into the playoffs and even into the offseason? We're going to keep this thing going. So, you know, what kind of things you want us to talk about there? Um, yeah, man, it's going to be a crazy couple of days. The only thing you guys can control is to set your Falcon lineups. <laughs>